Welcome to Comedy Film Nerds. There, it's a Halloween episode. It sure that's, is. That's yeah. all you got to do to make something It scared Halloween. me. Yes, you just got to go, <laughs> There. What episode is this, Graham? Um, 488. Mm, very exciting. Wow. It's there. <laughs> scary. We, See, that number is scary. Oh, you isn't it? The it, number it's, scary. I just themed the episode. Mm-hmm. That's all you got to do. Now it's a Halloween yeah. episode. <laughs> um, yeah, 488, everybody. Countdown mm. to the December 12th final mm. episode. Episode yep. 600 at Dynasty mm. Typewriter. Get your tickets. Mm-hmm. We've already got confirmations from uh, Jimmy Pardo is going to be on the show. Janet Varney in some kind of costume because she's going to go have to do some other show. Perfect. Perfect. She's like, is it okay <laughs> if I wear this some hee-haw? I was like, yeah, absolutely. Yes. It's not okay if you don't. Yeah, you're yeah. not allowed to come to the show unless you're in some weird hee-haw. <laughs> in fact, I hope all of our guests pick their yep. favorite hee-haw character. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Neil, Chris Gore. Neil, Chris Gore mm-hmm. confirmed. Mm-hmm. Um, Kat Alvarado, I believe. Be Gary weird if Bright. Neil didn't confirm. He's like, That'd I'm busy that night. Yeah. Uh, he just was like, ah, I've been. Ten years is enough. I've done I'm enough done. with yeah, these yeah, guys. Yeah, I'm done. I don't need more <laughs> of this. Um, so yeah, go to DynastyTypewriter.com or GrahamElwood.com for those for those tickets, guys. Mm-hmm. Let's introduce our guest who's, Let's been, do who's it. been on the show numerous yep. times. Fa- one of our favorite guests. I always have a lot going on. A lot, really Should interesting opinions. We actually don't. No, so. There's some. There's the ones that are not our favorites. Not our favorites. <laughs> you wouldn't. You only would have done one episode if yeah. you were. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, a uh, producer, writer, and uh, um, also, you know, we talked before, possibly future podcaster. Oh yeah, you, yeah. You yeah, were talking maybe. about maybe putting something together maybe one of these days. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Mark Guggenheim. Hey, it's good to be back. Yeah. So let's get because let's get right. Obviously, you work big in the comic book world and yep. all that. Doing so. the giant CW crossover. How many shows are involved in this now? Six shows. And and it's five episodes. Wow. Crazy. Wow. It's in complete insanity. So I'm, I'm fairly exhausted. I may actually fall asleep in the middle of this podcast. Yeah. Don't take it personally. <laughs> I'm just really tired. Yeah. Fair enough. But so mm-hmm. we, we did, we talked about Joker. We both really liked it. We did just mm-hmm. Joker spoiler up. Now, you did not like it or you had ish, more issues uh, with it than we I, did. You know, it's funny. I First of all, I have this general rule. I, I don't like to publicly bash or criticize anything because mm. you know i don't want to put that out into the universe um mm. you know i, I will say I, I thought joaquin phoenix was brilliant mm-hmm. i thought it was incredibly well realized and and beautifully shot mm-hmm. um and i appreciate it for all the things it was doing um i found the actual experience of watching the movie to be unpleasant um, mm-hmm. I, it was, I found it to be unrelentingly nihilistic. Um, and it, it, watching it, you felt like being just kicked in the nuts for two hours. And right. now <laughs> one could say like, well, that's, that's the mark of a really good filmmaker. And clearly mm-hmm. Todd Phillips is, you know, a very, very talented filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, it was, it was just my, not my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Um, not my cup of tea, but, uh, you know, I, I recognize that, uh, you know, this is a polarizing film with, you know, a lot of people right. with different points of view. And, I haven't heard anyone say, well, it was okay. People yeah, either loved it, it or they, yeah, yeah yes, or the people were like, that was, I was awful. Absolutely. I can't, I can't believe I sat through it. That, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. It was, mm-hmm. uh, it, it was, I mean, in that sense, it was very, very interesting and a, mm-hmm. a bravura piece of filmmaking. Um, you know, I just, uh, 
it was it was it was not not for me. Now let me ask you this because you're kind of behind the scenes at DC and uh, um, with the crossover and all the characters that you're dealing with there, there's always um, checks that you have to make with the studio. Can the character do this? Can yes. the character do that? Um, what do you think was going on with that movie? Because it was such a departure for that character. And this is oh. like... That's a good question. So yeah. iconic. Like, this is probably the most iconic supervillain other than like... Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor that exists. I, I guess, you know, for my money, I didn't find it to be that out of line with the character. Mm-hmm. I felt, you know, I, I certainly felt I a agree. lot of Killing mm-hmm. Joke uh, influences. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, without spoiling the end, the the end uh, was very reminiscent of, you know, uh, of uh, Dark Knight Returns. Mm-hmm. Um, again, without spoiling it. Um, I, I will say there was nothing, there's, if anything, if the only, I think the only character in the movie that was portrayed in a way that felt inconsistent with the comics or certainly different from what has previously been established in the comics was Thomas Wayne. Yes. Um, and again, without sort of getting into spoilers, like um, I, I was a little surprised that Thomas Wayne was characterized the way he was characterized. But mm-hmm. as far as the Joker was concerned, I found it to be, you know, very much in keeping with, with mm-hmm. everything I've, I've read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, that, that, that's an interesting point of view. I heard somebody... It had to be like some hand-wringing over at Warner Brothers in D.C. Like, well, is this too dark? Is this going to make, you know, that kind of thing? Like, or should we be taking this chance? I, they must have been second-guessing all the way to the end. Yeah, and, and, and you know, somebody... Uh, I was at this... Um, so so that uh, filmmaker we had on the show, Kevin Rocca, mm-hmm. uh, he had a screening of his documentary, Revolution mm-hmm. Televised, and I, I was on a panel to speak about it afterwards. And um, at the uh, like the Bernie Sanders campaign headquarters, so a lot of lefty, mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of lefties um, there. And someone else on the panel said that they w- they were more critical of Joker because they're like, this is how a big corporate entity like DC and Warner Brothers per- depicts the working class, and as they have, they're a cra- they're a, a crazy clown. <laughs> they're all mentally ill clowns and i was like wow i hadn't thought of that at all you know so, like like yeah it's a very left uh very yeah, lefty yeah. point of view sort of and i was view, like which is interesting i didn't think about that i mean one of the things i liked about the movie was it was you know again listen to the spoiler up to get more of the details but where he sort of the joker says you know you know he's abandoned he's abandoned by society that mm-hmm. they cut the funding mm-hmm. on his therapy and he's like what did you think was going to happen like and that yeah. that's to me like why what it, one of the things that resonated with me is like society mm-hmm. created this <laughs> that that's very i definitely like the payoff mm-hmm. um it just it, it takes 2 hours to get there and those mm-hmm. that journey is not enjoyable pleasant yeah well that's not, the thing too yeah it is one of those movies that's like it makes you squirm it's uncomfortable mm-hmm. man it yeah. is an uncomfortable movie and, and i don't mind a movie that's uncomfortable and i, I will say I, this though if you, know, you didn't find the movie uncomfortable take another look at your life uh that's true <laughs> yeah. that's very very true <laughs> yeah and it's it's i i get i can totally get why you know, you or, or anyone that might feel the same way, Mark, was like, it was too, it was, it was too uncomfortable. Like, mm-hmm. like, so, so did, let me ask you this. Did the uncomfortability of it take you out of the movie? Is that why you? No, you know, it's funny. It's like, you know, there are m- great movies that are uncomfortable to watch. You know, Schindler's List comes to sure. mind. You know, this is no Schindler's List. I mm-hmm. mean, you yeah. know, all, all due respect to Todd Phillips. Um, you know, it, I guess it was, 
felt in in terms of its nihilism, it felt like it was hitting the same note over mm-hmm. and over and mm-hmm. over and over mm-hmm. and over again. Um, so I, I think I was craving, you know, even in my nihilism, a little. Light. A little range, no, not yeah. even light, just mm-hmm. range and difference, and, mm-hmm. and you know, again, it it felt unrelenting in a, a way that like the steady drip of water is unrelenting, mm-hmm. right? Um, and mm-hmm. I wanted a little, little more, you know, variation. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Cool. Okay. Well, let us know what your thoughts are, listeners. Yes, uh, always nice to hear a, a well, differing opinion. Yeah, mm-hmm. watch the movie mm-hmm. and listen to the spoiler app with Cecily Nobler and tell us what you think. Yeah. So, all right, I saw the movie Jojo Rabbit, another quite polarizing movie. Whenever you have, you think? whenever yeah, whenever you have Hitler as a uh, as an imaginary character, yeah. You um, just look at the movie poster and you go, yeah. mm, "Boy, this yeah. is gonna this that, is gonna this, cause some, this might rub think? some people the, the wrong, wrong way. way." Yeah, I, I really want to see it. I'm I'm looking forward so, to it. And the, when uh, uh, Taika Watiti, uh, he's actually Maori and Jewish. He asked, why did you choose yourself to play Hitler? He said, the answer's simple. What better fuck you to the guy? <laughs> he's, not ro- he's not wrong. Yeah. He's, he's not wrong. Um, which is, which is great. Um, but here, here's the thing about this, this movie. Um, uh, let me preface this by saying, World War II satire is difficult. <laughs> it's, uh, yep, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gonna, that's, a, that's, a, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> that's a, um, that's you, a small yes, bullseye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it is. When, when even you look at like Catch-22, like brilliant book, but you try to make a movie, not mm. so good. You make a series even with George Clooney in it, couldn't mm. even get past the second episode. Right. It mm. was, it's just, it was not working or resonating. So it's, it's not an easy thing to do. Even like... Um, with Kurt Vonnegut, you have Slaughterhouse Five. You know there was some satire in it, but it was also um, very, very disturbing, which is what he pretty much does. You're laughing one minute and you're disturbed the next. So I think what happened here, and I'm a huge fan of this filmmaker. I love everything he's done. Even back to I was just even watching Green Lantern. Even, <laughs> I was even watching uh, um, some old Flight of the Concords. Remember those on HBO? He directed yeah. a couple of those he's too. Yeah, he's, he's great. He's an inventive director. And, and what's interesting, even about all of his work, there's a coherence to this story. Like it doesn't go off on all these weird tangents. Like even like Hunt for the Wilder People. Everything is like very solid storytelling in addition to very funny and engaging. And I think what happened here, because I didn't find a lot of those elements here in this movie because it felt like it was all over the place. It was like, well, we're doing a satire, but now it's goofy with Hitler is like the, uh, the, uh, um, the imaginary character. And then, you know, they have a Jewish girl that the mother's hiding in the attic. Right. So you, they were, he was trying to put all of these different things and themes in this film. And what it felt like is like a shoehorn of like a hundred ideas and things he wanted to say. So it didn't come out mm. coherent. It ended up just kind of being a mess, like uh, um, uh, all the way through where like, okay, that's a cool idea. Now we're not exploring it anymore. That's a cool idea. Now we're not exploring it. That's mm. a cool idea. It was like, it was almost like a string of World War II satire premises. <laughs> so like, like even it's like- It's a genre unto yeah, itself. Yeah, like, like, like I'll give you an example. Like at the beginning, like in the trailer, you know, the kid joins the Hitler Youth and he goes to the camp and he trains. That's literally one scene. Hmm. Like, he's not training her in this camp for very long. Uh, and, That's disappointing. Uh, I wanted to see more Hitler Youth training. Yeah, because I no, think that's, there, there I, was, that's, 
That's what attracted to me be- about the trailer. Because yeah, it, isn't it was that a, where all the yeah. the majority of the jokes would be. Or the, yeah. I, no, I was kidding actually. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not dying to see a lot yeah. of Hitler yeah. training. But, but it uh, was yeah. uh, it was set up that like that's where like you were saying that's where a lot of the jokes were because it's set up like Rebel Wilson. Mm. Um, um, what's uh, the other act? Uh, Sam Rockwell. Like they're all set up in this camp to like okay, well this is going to be kind of like a comedy of errors and satirical that's what I thought of, it was like, going to be. Was like, uh, yeah, mocking. Yeah. How ridiculous exactly. that that master race crap yes. was. Yes, and it was uh, for one what, scene. Uh, <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, and then it like it it goes, um, you know, and then it goes back to like him just having conversations with the Jewish girl that his mother is hiding in the um, cellar. Then um, you know his his mom, and then the resistance. That Sam Rockwell comes back a couple times, and he has, you know, a uh, there's <laughs> it's hinted at that he's having a. Uh, relationship with his, um, you know, his number one, I guess it was the, you know, his lieutenant underneath him, but, uh, and he's like in this weird flamboyant outfit towards the end. So there's all this like, all right, well, you know, Nazism is was also very hard on um, being gay. That was, that was mm-hmm. the same as, as being Jewish. And uh, so it's trying to hit all of these points about Nazis, but it, it does it in a really kind of clumsy way that, um, I, I think again, it's it's very difficult to satirize, and it's very difficult to satirize well. And I think while there are some really interesting, funny scenes, the acting's really good. And I, I think it was just too many premises shoved into one movie. And I mm-hmm. think that was the problem with it. So, and that's why too, I'm like wondering, like, I'm seeing mixed reviews on it, but no one can really kind of pinpoint why they liked it or why they didn't like it. So I think that's what's going on is like people are either gravitating towards the stuff they didn't like in the movie or the stuff they did like. But there's so many things that people are all picking different things in the film. So um, it was a little disappointing. But again, we talked about this before. I'd rather see a filmmaker take a swing and a miss and do something different Absolutely. and interesting than um, us getting like, you know, another hangover movie, you know, right. that kind of thing. Right. So mm-hmm. so I'm happy it exists. I was just, uh, I wanted it to be a little uh, more kind of cohesive and and, uh, um, and better. Like it takes a dark twist towards the end, which is expected, but then like it, it, it um, the tone was definitely up and down. Like that really didn't get mastered quite well either. But again, he knows how to do all these things. So mm-hmm. these are all things I, I can't really blame like, well, he doesn't know what he's doing. He does. He's a very talented, a very competent filmmaker. So these were just kind of choices that didn't always work. That's all. Yeah. So. All right. So it's definitely worth a, a, a view. Check it out on an airplane or somewhere, you know, uh, where you can. Just you know, out, of a curiosity yeah, out of curiosity to see like what worked for and sure. what didn't. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm very mm-hmm. curious. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. definitely, it's on my, on my list mm-hmm. of things to watch for sure. All right. So now, Graham, you saw Dolomite is my name. This is kind of the uh, the big comeback movie for Eddie Murphy. It's it's really. I wanted to see this for several reasons. One, uh, I did a a. It was supposed to be like a virtual reality of video game back in 1994 before that technology. Hmm. This, this young, and with Rudy Ray Moore, I was in it. And, oh wow! And, and it mm-hmm. ended up just being like a short film called Dueling Firemen, which is on my YouTube page and. It's crazy. It's a crazy movie mm-hmm. made by crazy people. But, <laughs> but they got Rudy Ray Moore and Dolomite. I, I, I was kind of familiar with who Dolomite was. Mm-hmm. And um, this movie's really cool because it tells the story of Rudy Ray Moore and um, how it's such a great story in, in, in the sense that, like, 
he was trying, he was a singer. He was a, trying to be a lounge comedian. And he was like, you know, he's probably older. It's not working anymore. It's the 70s. And you see him like trying to sell his album, um, trying to, you know, and, and the, the, a nightclub owner like, hey, man, we're trimming your time back. And like, you know, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, got to figure, he's just like, I got to do whatever I got to do to figure this out. Mm-hmm. And comes up with this character. Basically, he took kind of old, like, what did they call it? Like, oh, those are those are jokes that have been since the slave age. Like the the old like black jokes. Like these these homeless guys would like talk shit. Mm-hmm. And he and he and and he's sitting at this table with other comedians, and he's like. Wait a minute. So then he goes back down to like Skid Row and and gets these black dudes to start telling these kind of funny jokes and it's all like rhyming, you know. And he's like, "Dolomite is my name, fucking up motherfuckers is my game." Mm-hmm. And and he was uh, raunchy, but with that rhyming, and he created this character Dolomite, mm-hmm. um, and reinvented himself, and people loved it. And it's all this stuff of like. It was uh, a film, right? Well, yeah, it be, yeah. eventually it became a okay. film. So mm-hmm. first then he records the Dolomite album mm-hmm. and no one wants to play it and, <laughs> and no one wants to produce the album. Mm-hmm. So he says, I'm going to do it myself and starts selling them out of his car and after shows, you know, and he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll, he does the Chitlin circuit and then he mm-hmm. starts doing, and then, you know, there's, there's great, and it's Eddie Murphy, man. This movie's, I laugh out loud. It's so mm-hmm. funny. Um, and... It 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 reminded me when I worked on that that project. Any 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 every black person knew who he was. White people were mm. like, "Who's this guy?" And they were like, "Oh, we know this guy." Because mm. he then, when he finally got the movie made, same thing. Couldn't get distribution. Nobody wanted it. Wow. So he just went to theaters in the black neighborhoods. Wow. And there's this thing. The guy's like. Uh, you know, he's like 500 bucks. He's like, you'll pay me 500 bucks to screen this movie. He goes, no, you pay me, you four wallet. And he's like, what? And he's like, well, that's bullshit. And he goes, but you get the entire box office. And he goes, and there's this scene where he's standing in this empty, like 2000 seat theater. And he goes, huh. <laughs> so then he starts going out and if everyone kind of knows who he is, cause they've heard his albums. Right. And, and you know, he starts selling out theaters and wow. he did it all like at every turn. He did it all himself and the movies were like hilarious and way over the top. And it was like black exploitation was already a thing. Mm-hmm. And so he like took Shaft and went, what if I may put jokes in it? Right. Uh, what if I took a movie like Shaft? So he played Dolomite. He plays this <laughs> it's like corny and cheesy. And obviously this is like you know, young Eddie Murphy was watching these movies. Right. You yeah. know who he was. And you know, Chris Rock's in the movie. That Snoop cool. Dogg is in the movie. And a lot of rappers say he was the impetus for- Keegan-Michael Key was in it yep. too, right? Mm-hmm. For early rap. Mm-hmm. Oh. Because his comedy was that sort of yeah. rhyming, rapping, shit talking, oh, wow. you know, ball busting mm-hmm. kind of thing. And that's how like rap started and rap battles, you know? Huh. Um, and it was just, it was, it was, it, it's- and Eddie Murphy's great in it because he's funny mm-hmm. being playing Dolomite, but also the heartfelt of like being told no, 
that guy that's like, nope, you know, mm -hmm. can't do it. The system won't let you. It's sort of like, you know, to, to a much lesser extent, but like how we, you know, start how the podcasting and the digital revolution is like, well, Hollywood is telling you no. So it's like, I don't care. I'll make my own thing. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I have my own TV show now on my YouTube channel. I do it. We do this. We, you know, right. you can create right. whatever you want to do and do it however you want to do it and promote it yourself. And people can get it now. And people yeah. can get it. Mm -hmm. People, you can make something, put it online and people can download it. All you need is a phone or a computer. Yes. That's you need it. a laptop <laughs> and a Wi-Fi connection mm -hmm. and you can make whatever you want to make. And so mm -hmm. it really was like, you saw he was the, one of the precursors to that, you know, because the establishment kept telling him, nope, mm -hmm. nope, mm -hmm. nope. And he just figured out a way to do it, you know? Got around and, it. Yeah, and yeah. like, so, and Eddie Murphy, you know, the, the, the heartfelt scenes where you see this guy who's like, and he's like, I don't know how to make a movie. I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, you know? And all these great actors are in it, you know? Uh, Mike Epps is in it, Craig Robinson is in it, mm -hmm. Wesley Snipes is in it. Like, it, it's it's hilarious and heartfelt, and, you know, it's a, it's a great story. If you don't know who Rudy Ray Moore was, it's a great movie to watch, and if you knew who he was, you'll love it. You'll mm -hmm. absolutely love it. Yeah, so cool. like it's it, it was it's yeah, yeah man and if, if this this is the kind like that's the thing where you go Eddie Murphy make more of these yeah right I just like Eddie Murphy's making <laughs> yeah. movies again yes yeah yeah yes. Oh, I just, movie, I've missed him yeah and this mm -hmm. kind of movie yeah not right. the oh, no, not, not the, Vampire in Brooklyn yeah or the fat family family movie any of the family movies yeah any of the family movies yeah one of those crumps yeah whatever like make this because this was Eddie Murphy like. And it was kind of the, sort of reminiscent of one of the things I really liked about Bowfinger. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Bowfinger was these like people trying. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Their hearts were in the right place. Yeah. And Eddie Murphy playing both those roles. Oh, oh man. Open my door like you opened Tom Hanks's door. Yeah. <laughs> I love Bowfinger. Bowfinger's that. fantastic. That scene mm -hmm. at the end of Bowfinger where they're watching their little moment. Yeah. Yeah. And how much it means to them yeah. of like, we all come to Hollywood, with these big dreams, we're all going to win Academy Awards. And then you're mm -hmm. just like, well, but that little moment, that enough. little mm -hmm. moment, man, we had, yep. we, our short film was in a little festival yeah. and people mm -hmm. like, you know, that little, like, you're mm -hmm. like awesome. And so little this, victories, little yes. victories. And, and Mandolamite, you know, Rudy Ray Moore, he, he blew it up. I mean, he did it oh, all great. himself and it's really, it's a really fun film to watch. I it's remember cool. as, you know, as independent filmmakers when that scene with, in Bowfinger, when, uh, um, Eddie Murphy's the, um, the other character, not the rich one was, uh, her, him and, um, Steve Martin were talking about the budget for the film and Steve Martin's taking out like $4,000 and, Eddie Murphy's like, well, you can't make a movie on four thousand dollars. He's like, oh, they cost a lot more. No, 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 that's with deferments and you know all these uh, negative things and all this stuff. Every movie catch is four thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> if <And> only, yeah, <laughs> I know. But that, like, you know, we're gonna get just hires his friends. Yeah, yeah, and we're gonna make this movie, and then they. You know, get some kids from UCLA mm -hmm. <laughs> from the film department. <laughs> They're just like, it's so hilarious. 
Well, I can't believe I'm saying this, but there are two good things to films to stream from Netflix. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I uh, I saw Train to Busan. This is the um, South Korean zombie movie on a train, and uh, I, I kept hearing, "Oh, it's good." I'm like, "Yeah, but it's just zombies on a train. How how great could it be?" And uh, I watched it, and you know what? It's great. Yep. Mm. It's fantastic. Um, filmmaker Edgar Wright, who directed um, Shaun of the Dead. He said that the film in a tweet, he called it the best zombie movie I've seen in forever. So it's really, really good. And the reason it's good is because for a number of different reasons. First of all, they took the time to establish characters. Every horror movie, you know, I remember a casting uh, director telling me this. It's like we cast a horror movie like they're dramas. And we treat them like they're dramas. If you treat a horror movie like it's a drama with real characters and real character moments, like a father who never had time for his kid is now trapped on this train with his kid and trying to keep her safe. Mm -hmm. Those are huge human moments. There's a pregnant woman on there. There's um, uh, a sports team. They're trying to, you know, they've got their bats. They're trying (laughs) to, um, you know, beat off the zombies. But it was really good. And what made it... um, really great were a couple of things. First of all was that, the character development. So, like, it was a while before you even saw zombies. You know, you got to see these characters, mm-hmm. got to see them develop. You saw little hints of what was going to happen. Um, but it didn't, like, uh, it was like, all right, zombies, fighting, eating, chasing. No, mm-hmm. we, we, we brought, we, uh, um, we worked up to it, which was great. And then um, the special effects were really good. Like, whenever you see, like, a uh, South Korean or stuff that's not made in Hollywood, you think, oh, the special effects aren't going to be as good. But this one was not. This mm. one was really interesting. And I think the reason was that this director, um, Sang Ho Yoon, if I'm saying it correctly, he was an animation director. Mm. This was his first live action film. So you have these amazing, big, huge um, set pieces with trains going off the rails and hordes of zombies coming in where i wasn't expecting at all and they looked spectacular like they really really amazing set pieces where you just feel you know like you're being chased with the zombies that kind of thing so um all of those things are really just um credit to the filmmaker to put all this together everything from you know the great characterizations the great set pieces to the way everything was kind of put together my wife and i are watching and she goes yeah i've never cried at a zombie movie before (laughs) yeah so it has an emotional core now some of the stuff is a little cliche but it's nitpicking it's it's mostly really really fun and really good and just really um uh, if, if this exists, a heartfelt zombie movie. So, so it's really good. So check it out. And um, you know, the like I said, the characterizations are great, but also the effects and what the director did with um, trains and zombies is fantastic. So check it That's out. That's rad, man. And, and yeah. you know, someone who doesn't like horror, I think you would really like this cool. movie too, because it goes. It's the opposite of the complaints that you had with uh, Zombieland Two. Uh, it, okay. it did a lot of really more interesting things and um, things that uh, it developed you know, the characters were, it, more. Yeah. Told us the story, like yes, mm-hmm. obviously, and did different interesting things with the zombies right. too. It did ev- all of those things. And, and yeah. I want to remind this just popped into my mind going back to why this Eddie Murphy Dolomite movie. It reminded me of Coming to America. Oh, hmm. great! Which is okay. like mm-hmm. so funny and over the top, yeah. but mm-hmm. rooted in some reality some, and some, right. uh, satire. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. so that's cool. Um, yeah. All right, Graham, we've got some Patreon sponsors. Well, you know, Patreon sponsors, thank Mm -hmm. you so much for seeing us through to the end of this 10-year journey. Got about six weeks left of uh, ad reads for you guys, and we appreciate you guys sticking around to the end. Absolutely. And you know, these episodes will stay up. Yeah, they're not going anywhere. They're not going anywhere. So if Mm -hmm. you do buy a Patreon ad read, it will be in the 
catalog for as long as we keep it up there. Yeah, until the world ends, which could be a year or two, but it still. could be less, could be yeah, nine months, yeah, yeah. but you know, we'll, we'll call it nine to 24 yeah, months, yeah, somewhere but, in there. But that will um, be out of our control, so but we're telling you. <laughs> so we're telling you. Yes, yeah, so we will keep them up. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we, we, uh, we can't speak for the world. Yeah, so. <laughs> the server still might be up yeah, after the apocalypse. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you never know. I can't, I can't yeah. guarantee it. But they, they, they might have backup power. Might get another month <laughs> out of that. Yeah, might have the podcast. Can you imagine? You know, the world is in flames. Save the podcast server. <laughs> yes, that should be the top of the list for everybody for society. So, um, so Patreon sponsors uh, Johnny Rulon has some short horror stories for sale. The first is called The Shell, and it's a Lovecrafting tale about a no- neighborhood that loses power and becomes victim to an unknown monster that is waiting in the dark. The second is called She and is about a high school held under the dark spell of an evil cult leader. They're both on Amazon Kindle for 99 cents and you can get them at happyhorrorshowproductions.com and clicking on the Buy Short Stories tab. And Fanboy Planet, a website and podcast for all things geeky and amazing. Check out Fanboy Planet for your comic news, your movie news, TV news, and amazing industry uh, interviews. Uh, Fanboyplanet.com, fanboyplanet.com. And Coffee Over Suicide, a dramedy podcast about mental illness and choosing life over death one cup of coffee at a time. New episodes every Wednesday and Friday, wherever podcasts are found. Find out more at coffeeversuicide.com, coffeeversuicide.com. And Alice Fraser, um, co-host of The Bugle Podcast and host of Tea with Alice, brings you a series of three genre-bending solo stand-up shows. Uh, that explore the boundary between comedy and tragedy. They were recorded back-to-back as a three-hour show at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival with a binaural microphone, which which creates an immersive listening experience. Check out alicefraser.com, alicefraser.com, with an S. The Art Podcast with Rebecca Evans. She just celebrated her one-year anniversary. Yes. did a live show party, which was a lot of fun. And there's, mm-hmm. uh, I think she's putting up on her YouTube, uh, there was like an interview she did with me and Ron Placone, which you should check out. It was a lot of fun. Yep, see and hear the clips from the one-year anniversary celebration at theartpodcast.com. Um, or your favorite place to get podcasts. And uh, the Art Podcast channel on YouTube. I guess she recorded some video too. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay, and Tony McFadden's 14th book is a gritty Australian noir, The Murder of Jeremy Brooks. Pits small-town Australian P.I. Dan McInnes against corporate greed and corruption. A Sydney surgeon hires Dan to find her husband's killer. The cops think it was a mugging gone bad. She thinks it was a hit. More info at TonyMcFadden.net slash JB. And from Andy Bowman, every week on the Geek 101 podcast, Ariel and Andy get together to discuss, critique, review, and sometimes bicker about the latest in geek news and pop culture. Become a listener and join the conversation by listening to the Geek 101 podcast wherever you download your podcasts. And last but not least, Jeremy uh, Jerome Sullivan calling on Hollywood, Netflix, Disney, HBO. Go to jcsscreenplays.com and check out the briefs of his completed movie and television scripts. He's got a murder mystery, sci-fi action, coming-of-age musical, horror, rom-com, and more. Go to jcsscreenplays.com. All right, Graham, we've got some trailers oh. now. Now, Motherless Brooklyn. Let's check it out. Let's see what happens in Brooklyn without yeah, any with the, Yeah, it's, it's motherless, Graham. Me. That's the first thing to know. Oh, I got threads in my head. I got threads in my head, man. I twitch and shout a lot. <laughs> Makes me look like a damn freak show. Can't you ever I'm cut that out? I'm sorry. Touch it, Bailey. I'm sorry. But inside my head's an even bigger mess. I can't stop twisting things around. Words and sounds especially. Have to keep playing with them until they come out right. Sorry. Jeez. Forget I asked. Like I said, a damn mess. Then I started working for Frank. Frank Minna, Private Eye. Boys, 
Frank, frankly, frankly, Franco. He's the one who taught me how to use my head, turn it into a strength. He gave me a place in this crappy world until I screwed up. Ed Norton's gonna start with Brooklyn, she's in trouble now. Does anybody know what Frank was into on this? There's something going down, and it's big, and they were not happy about what he found. We find who did this, and we square accounts. If I figure it out, I'm gonna make him regret it. I promise you that. That's her. That's the girl that Frank was following. I think she okay, found already. something. Same complaint trailer too what long. What happens to poor people enough. in this city wasn't news yesterday Stop and it showing won't be tomorrow. Movie. Where's everybody go? Mostly just disappear. This town is run by Moses Randolph. When someone isn't seen for what they truly are, that's a very Good dangerous task. thing. It's a great task. The first I, I have to say, I'm into how power it. works. Like, power is knowing that you can do whatever you want and not one person can stop you. Trailers didn't used to be two and a half minutes. Those people yes. are invisible. They don't exist. If you threaten his work, he will destroy you. You're all alone? You got no idea. You're webbed up in this somehow, and these people aren't going to stop. You got a head just like mine, always turning things around. Some people call it a gift, but it's a brain affliction just the same. You remember what I said? She doesn't know! She doesn't know! What don't I know? That looks cool. All right. It does look good. Uh, I, you know, I would have liked to have actually seen less. It's like, okay, all right, yeah. he wants to avenge the death of his mentor i get it um one thing that's always tricky for an actor too is like i know tourette's exists i know it's a real thing whenever you see an actor do it it always looks like just an actor just cursing like it always <laughs> looks weird like it's hard to suspend that disbelief to see like oh no he has an actual affliction well, the, t- the 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 test will be like when you just see it in a short trailer right yeah mm-hmm. oh there's edward norton acting with his with a twitch with yeah. a twitch mm-hmm. over the course of the movie you begin to forget that then right. act then he will have then he will, he'll have pulled it off yeah. so that's that's sure. i, I want to see that i yeah. mean i like i like that stuff and you know i like ed norton so it'll be interesting to see yeah i'm totally gonna check that out so all right this is the king with timothy chalamet timmy i think timothy chalamet is the new like uh Shia LaBeouf before he went nuts. <laughs> Do you feel a sense of achievement? In what regard? In any regard. Do you? A new chapter of my life has begun. Already I can feel the weight of this crown I wear. I've been forced to rely upon the counsel of men whose loyalty I question every waking moment. I need men around the Every period piece need a monologue. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> King has enough friends. I need to tell you exactly King what's happening right now. Historically, this is where we <laughs> were uh, on a timeline. <laughs> I will come with you. Here's the problem that I have that I'm going to lay out for you. (laughs) (laughs) Joe Edgerton in armor, I'm in. (laughs) Bobby Pattinson. 
think so? Yes. This is a prequel to uh, the Henry V movie. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know, I'm sure it's well made. It's just like, you know, we got to have more. uh... All right. Gowns and accents? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like this was like, all right. Outlooking must have done well for Netflix. Yes. It's like, oh, it did well. (laughs) Yeah. We're this. Yeah. (laughs) Make it. Make it happen. Yep. And uh, I feel like, all right, well, this, we need this movie with this. We, we're just going to follow this template. Period piece, Oscar time, stars, put them in armor, make them look somber. Yeah. <laughs> we're all set. Yeah, done. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> done. So, okay. I shall never betray you. Yeah. <laughs> put some lines like that in it. Yeah. Uh, and then you're fine. Horse, mm-hmm. woman mm-hmm. in a gown that's yep. playing both sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> I'm in. Recant. Well, you must recant. Well, yeah. <laughs> The, the high court will never <laughs> succumb to this. There we go. So I think we just wrote the script. There we go. Palace. <laughs> yeah. um, so, okay, I wanted to talk to you guys. Uh, this is terrible timing, but there's nothing we can do about it. Our store is broken right now. The last six weeks of the store, um, it's broken on the server side. Apparently, they can't um, install a security certificate properly to so our store is safe to use. So we're waiting for DreamHost to fix that. Um, so unfortunately, that is out of our hands. So hopefully it will be fixed in a couple of days. Just wanted to let you guys know. It's not your browser. It is broken and it probably will be for the it's next couple you, of days. It's not you, Yeah, it's not uh-huh. you, it's us. So, but don't worry. There'll be plenty of time to buy your last minute CFN uh, items before the, uh, before the December 15th deadline. So I just want to let you know. If you're really desperate for something, you can mail a check to the P.O. Yeah. box saying, send <laughs> yeah, me this, this, and this product. <laughs> yes, you could do that, too, if you if you so choose. Add a little money for shipping and handling. We'll get it out to you. Don't yeah. worry about it. Yeah, there's always a workaround. <laughs> so, uh, um, on DVD and Blu-ray, um, Them That Follow. What was that? Uh, these are a kind of movies that I've never heard of, but uh, it's a very slow DVD Blu-ray. How did you find their names? This, uh, on the DVD Blu-ray site. <laughs> Antiquatedtechnology.com? Yes, yeah, yeah. Is that what's... Yeah. You found these in the yellow yep. pages? Where did you get yeah. these? Them that follow. It's so, the story of a CB radio yes. repairman. <laughs> it may or may not be a horror movie with a title like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, this feels like a creepy kid movie. And yeah. that follow, it doesn't sound like it was written by someone with a good sense of grammar. No, not at all. <laughs> like, this feels oh. like a creepy kid movie. Like It could be. Mommy. I like how we being... haven't bothered to IMDb this. Yeah, and yeah. Determine <laughs> yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. it's a, uh, uh, Aaron, can you look up them that follow? Oh, why waste his <laughs> time? <laughs> now I'm busy. very curious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm extremely curious. Um, the next one's even better. This is called 10 Minutes Gone. It's the um, the famous memory gap movie cliche, where it's like mm. a bank was robbed or something, but then they, that ten minutes is gone from somebody's memory. But I it's thought got, it was the sequel to Gone in sixty seconds. That's that what be, I was hoping yeah, it was. It's like what happens right after. Yeah. It's, gone. it's like oh, it's been gone for you know after sixty seconds, it's been gone for ten minutes. Yeah, that happens a lot quicker. The ten yeah, minutes so. is where it goes <laughs> to the chop shop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
so but weird thing is it's like uh bruce willis is in it and like i think michael chiklis from the shield so this is definitely oh. one of those movies that got kind of like independently funded overseas yes <laughs> and i'm um, like all right just just release it i mean if, i feel like these movies were so bad netflix didn't acquire them well you never know though <laughs> every once in a while i'll be thumbing through netflix you know just at night bored looking for something to watch i came across mm-hmm. a movie called mississippi grind which mm-hmm. i don't ever remember coming out the name sounds familiar it's yeah, yeah it's a really cool gambling it's a skateboard movie, movie right nope That's how- <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's mississippi delta skateboarders yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they skateboard with blues singers. It's amazing. It's an amazing. Now I want to see it. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Uh, that was a cool movie with Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Oh. Did you find Aaron? anything, Aaron? It's uh, Appalachian Pentecostals make handlers. Ah, of course. Dark secrets. Yes, them oh, that follow. And that oh, there's great. snake handlers. Yeah, okay. Because uh, snake handlers? Yeah, because the snakes must follow you or something. Yeah. yeah. Be handled. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that that list of ten titles, and that's the one they picked. So, well, you know, like, <laughs> they just, I think it sounds like they were just mixing words together. Yeah. It does. yeah. <laughs> All right, get the title dartboard out. Let's see where the <laughs> darts land. <laughs> oh, nobody got snake or Pentecostal. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. Uh, and premiering this week, Terminator Dark Fate. I really want to see this movie. I'm going Thursday night. Yeah. I got yeah. tickets Thursday night. I'm yeah, in. I'm I, you know, I, I, I like, I don't know, I want to see what James Cameron is going to do with the, the franchise. And also, it looks cool. It, like, it, it does. Yeah. It does. And Tim Miller's great. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, no, I'm excited. So. I've seen every one of these. Yeah, so have I. Even I the will, bad ones. And I will continue to, I will continue <laughs> to see that. Yeah. I, and uh, there's more of them than you think. I know, you know so many more in your face. Some hidden ones. Yeah, yeah. There's one. Oh, when did this? Like, uh, if you look at all the Terminator movies, the first thing you're gonna say is, "When did that one come out?" Yeah. Maybe you know, ten, maybe ten minutes gone. Yeah, is yeah. A Terminator yeah. movie. Uh, Terminator gone. Ten Let's minutes see. of Terminator <laughs> gone. Um, next movie is Harriet. This is uh, again. We're getting into like the trickling of Oscar okay. contender movies. Mm-hmm. Um, this looks like a kind of like that. Um, it's Harry Tubman, I'm assuming. It's from the trailer. It's uh, about... Um, it's actually about Harry Tubman's story. Of, it seems that way. Uh-huh. But okay. it's. Uh, it, but it also, the one thing I am a little worried about, that it, it looks like it um, Hollywoodizes a little bit into like a bit of more of an action kind of thing where there's like, you know, there's a lot of gun holding, you know, mm-hmm. like those kind of posing Hollywood shots of like, uh, I'm like, oh, I, so Harriet Tubman, oh, Jason yeah, Bourne, yeah, yeah, reunited. I've seen movie. Yeah, that sounds so, so I'm not exactly sure how good this is going to be. Sound or like how it's a bad thing. Historically accurate. They're but. coming to get vengeance on the Confederacy. Actually, I'm curious now, Aaron. Can you look up like the IMDb description oh. of the Harriet movie? <laughs> it's about Harriet Tubman. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. <sighs> And the motherless Brooklyn we just saw, which I'm ex- I'm excited yes. to see. I'm excited mm-hmm. to see that. Now the Irishman. Wait a minute. I'm really excited to see. This that. is the uh, Scorsese Netflix movie. All yes. right. Where it's two hours of him complaining about Marvel movies. Mm. So yeah. <laughs> I think it's I think it's actually three hours. Long. Yeah, it might be three and a half hours long. To be honest with you. Um, and that's not even the director's cut. No, yeah. <laughs> and then there's a Q and A after. So, uh, but yeah, this one looks really good. It's like it, it's Scorsese. Like, all right. I'm going to pull everybody from every one of my movies and I'm going to put them it's in. It's like Martin Scorsese's then, greatest hits. Yeah, it really feels that way. And yeah. I, I'm on board. I'm, I'm to in, it. Yeah. Uh, that I'm totally down for. <clears throat> mm-hmm. like, so, it's yes, three please. hours and 29 minutes long. Wow, wow yes. really? Yep. <clears throat> How long is Harriet? <laughs> 
<laughs> the Irishman sounds like the Irishman sounds like uh, Netflix <clears throat> went to Martin Scorsese and says, "We want you to make a miniseries for us." And he said, "No, I want to make a movie." How long is your movie? It's three and a half hours long. Why can't it be a miniseries? Because it's a movie. Yeah. <laughs> and they went, you know, people are going to pause and pick it up anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and Netflix said, well, can we make it a miniseries? No. Do you still want to do it? Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so. Harriet, Harriet is a whole movie shorter at, a, at two hours and five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and is it about Harriet Tubman? Yes, the extraordinary tale of Harriet Tubman's escape from slavery and transformation into one of America's greatest heroes. All right. Yes. That sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. <clears throat> That's also where she gets her superpowers. Yeah, right? yes. That's what it sounds like. Where she becomes Tubman. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> she becomes Tubman. <laughs> uh, um, well, that's our show, folks. That 488. Is. Lock it down. Put it in the books. Now, uh, Mark, tell us about you've got the um The Graham was ready up. to just get rid of me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't think he wants to ask any questions. It's okay. <laughs> that's it. Wrap it up. Thanks, Aaron. Yeah, thanks. Goodbye. Put this one in the books. Mark's ride is here. Yeah. <laughs> So tell us about this, uh, the crossover coming up and um, what you have coming up. Yeah, um, it's insanity. Uh, we are crossing over six shows over five hours of television, wow. five episodes. Um, now, is it one each day or are you like that uh, It's going to be uh, the first three will be one each day. It'll mm-hmm. be Supergirl, Batwoman, and Flash mm-hmm. uh, in three nights in a row in December. And mm-hmm. then the uh, fourth and fifth hours, Arrow and Legends, respectively, will come out in January. Um, so all on the CW, all craziness. How long has this has this been like in the works? We've like, actually been we, – we planted a flag at the end of last year's crossover saying we were going to do Crisis on Infinite Earths, mm-hmm. um, which is the seminal DC Comics maxi-series. And um, we – I'm trying to – I should really look back and see when we started working on in, in earnest. But uh, it was over six months ago. It was a while mm-hmm. ago. Um, so this has been in the works for – quite some time mm-hmm. um because it has to be it's such it's such a beloved property and it's such a huge undertaking um and we're not just crossing over six shows across five series we're also crossing over all these other uh characters and elements from the dc universe itself um, can you reveal any of the surprise characters that are going to be in uh i can reveal to you the ones we've already revealed mm-hmm. um they're not that surprising uh burt ward uh is mm. returning uh mm-hmm. tom welling and erica durance from uh smallville are returning uh john wesley ship uh, reprising oh, yeah, his yeah. role as uh, Barry Allen in The Flash mm-hmm. uh, from the Flash series from 1990. Um, bunch of, uh, hopefully a bunch of surprises. Uh, Brandon Routh, this is really exciting. Uh, Brandon Routh is not only returning as Ray Palmer, who he plays on Legends, uh, and who he played on Arrow, but also returning as uh, Superman mm-hmm. oh. uh, from Superman Returns. Um, so a lot, of, uh, a lot of cool Easter eggs, a lot of cool... You know, some of them are cameos, some of them are, are bigger pieces, uh, mm-hmm. you know, bigger storylines. Uh, it really runs the gamut, but it, it's uh, it's a big undertaking. And if I sound tired, it's because we, we just wrapped production last, you know, uh, last week. Uh, we still have some... Today, we're actually doing some some pickups uh, mm-hmm. over on Batwoman. We still have some green screen work, uh, visual effects, post-production, editing, you name it. Um, long, long, long hours in the editing room. Uh, ahead of me, but uh, it's really exciting and it's cool. coming together oh, really And it well. starts in December. It'll start in December. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yes. Now, is there um, any crossover with like um, like 
as far as Gotham goes with Batwoman, like will we see Bruce Wayne or anybody Actually, like that in there? Actually, uh, Kevin Conroy mm-hmm. is going to reprise his role as Batman from the uh, animated series. animated series, oh, wow. as well as Batman Beyond. Uh, he'll be playing an older Bruce Wayne. Oh, cool. Uh, which is really, really cool. I gotta say, like, I've, I've seen his performance, and it's phenomenal. He's mm-hmm. really great. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's really gonna surprise a lot of people who only really know him from his, his voice, voice work. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it's and really great. What's the start date? When does it kick off? Oh, I should know that. Yeah, um, d- December? I really should know that. In December, I want to say 18. I could be wrong. Don't okay. quote me. It's okay. the internet. Yeah, Google check it, it out. Yeah. <laughs> CW yeah. will know. Yeah, they'll know. They'll tell you. Believe me, I, I'm sure they're going to get the word out. Yeah. Um, cool. You can watch the uh, the series that I directed, the First Nations Comedy Experience, is on Amazon Prime, all 13 episodes. So check that out. The more you like, uh, watch it, view it click it amazon goes all by that so we, if we, enough people watch it we can maybe do a second season which will be cool um and Whoa, she didn't siri. catch that siri uh, <laughs> i'll say it again siri the yeah. first nation's comedy experience is available at amazon prime does that help siri i can't help you with movies on prime well Video. you know <laughs> i don't need that kind of uh wow wow not yeah. thanks for that no help i yeah, mean geez boy the uh really got snippy when you wow, mentioned yeah. a competitor yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> She's just like, you don't want to watch Prime Video. Yeah, Amazon Prime. You're not interested. Amazon Prime. Can I interest you in Apple TV? (laughs) (laughs) It's all bullshit on Amazon Prime. Um, So, yeah, unless you're Siri, who's offended by me promoting the series, go there. And, of course, the Progressive Comedy Tour, we will be in Australia next month. November 14th, Melbourne. The 15th, Adelaide. 17th, Mm -hmm. Sydney. 22nd, Perth. Um, Melbourne um, is almost sold out. So check that out. And then, of course, we're doing the Comedy Film Nerd Show December 12th at Dynasty Typewriter. December 13th, we're doing Progressive Comedy Tour in Ventura. December 14th, we're doing Progressive Comedy Tour in Hollywood at the Sycamore Tavern. All my tour dates are at GrahamElwood.com. So, and I want to let you guys know, I'm finally ready to start the Kickstarter for Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon Master, the comic we'll be doing with Starburns. More info on that, give you a little heads up. Uh, it should be launching next week. So um, check it out. If you want to go to Kickstarter and just follow Comedy Film Nerds right now, then you'll know immediately when it launches. But we're really excited. We got some amazing rewards uh, with Starburns coming aboard. They're offering the entire Starburns digital library of Ooh. all their comics, uh, a tour of the Starburns offices. So you could see where Rick and Morty get made. That's cool. And, uh, which will be really fun. And also we're going to be offering a couple slots on the last Comedy Film Nerds show as, uh, as rewards. And there's also a giant reward at the end if you want help making your own comic. We'll all jump in uh, and help out. I'll help write. Fernando will help draw. Um, the, uh, the letters will come on board. And the editor, uh, Brendan Wright from Dark Horse, will also edit and help you pitch your book, too. And just so you know, this is based on a script that Chris wrote that's a feature film that, uh, so if the the graphic novel does well, that's something we want to make and do a feature in a movie down the road. Absolutely, That's the whole purpose of this. When we talk about... Create an IP. Yes. (laughs) Uh, We talk about we're going to keep doing stuff after we stop doing the podcast. We want to just have more time to do feature films. That's what we want to do. We just want to make movies. That's what we want to do, man. Just want to make movies. So, all right, and that's everything. That's our show. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Mark, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for coming. Yeah. Coming mm-hmm. out here. Aaron, thank you, and everybody at the All Things Comedy mm-hmm. World Headquarters. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han, Han shot, shot first. first. Crossover. <laughs> <laughs>